This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host, Celie Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy October 8, 2020 at Amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. We've done a lot of sponsorships lately since COVID hit, Lee. You know, when you've been a presenter and a speaker and a panelist and some of these remote conferences that everybody's trying to put on. And uh, in some cases, they've worked really well. In some cases, not so much. And our guest today is an expert in this area of events and is going to help us out um, with some better ideas for the current situation. Yeah, that, that's for sure. And the other thing, too, is that uh, whether it be you, you as a manager you know, holding remote meetings or whether it be it's maybe you're in sales and doing remote sales calls or marketing or whatever the case may be there, uh, it, it's all things that we need to improve upon because you know, we're going to be doing this for a while. And also now that we know that we can do it and it's successful and allows us to be more productivity. Uh, more productive, then it's like, yeah, we're going to be expected to do more of it. So, yeah, I'm really excited to hear what, uh, what our guest has to say today. I'm super excited, too. So, it is the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications at Sales Fuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. All right, everybody. Jim McCarthy on deck today. He says that the number one mistake managers make right now is not pivoting with today's crisis. So you are on deck, Jim, to talk about events. Let me tell you a little bit about Jim. He started his career in the e-commerce business all the way back in 97, has almost 20 years experience in live events, has sold tens of millions of tickets to millions of people, co-founded TEDx Broadway, advises entrepreneurs, and also co-founded Gold Star Events and Stellar Tickets, stellartickets.com, everyone, and is the CEO of both companies. His current mission to enable artists and organizations to create high-quality online content and find success in the new era. This is great, Jim. I'm so glad you came to the table today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I tell you what, it's been forever since I've been to a concert or even to a bar with live music yeah. or a Broadway show or even a movie in a movie theater. It's like, so yeah. you know, do you want to talk about pivots? My goodness. I mean, it's like you, being in events, you, you've had to pivot hard. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. You know, another way of putting it is our industry stopped existing on about March 13th. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what is sort of for organizations that are putting on um, virtual conferences, what is the number one complaint or success that you're seeing that we can all learn from, like the biggest bucket that you're seeing? I think the, ma the main thing that has to happen, the main mindset shift for anybody producing live events, whether they're concerts or even, as you say, conferences, mm -hmm. uh, theater, whatever it is, is that it's really important at this moment to take the idea of a lot, an online event seriously, to put the quality into the production and to you know, use the tool set that's actually going to enable you to do it well. And there's nothing worse than, a, I mean, a, let, let me just say that a different way. Live events, even if they're not beautifully produced, have the advantage of all that's great about being with other people and mm -hmm. the fun and the natural buzz that you get from that. Online events don't have that. And so it's even more important that they're engineered to be good events, not only technically, but also in, in terms of the content and in every other way. 
So the main thing is people have to take online events seriously and treat them with quality, right? They have to deliver them with quality. So, you know, like when you're at a, like a big event, like a sporting event, like a playoff or something like that, you know, and you feel there's an electricity in the air, you know, it's like because you're, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with other people it's like, you know, that aren't six feet away. And, you know, and, you know, you, you mentioned the term buzz and it's just like, that's what I feel like is missing from online events is that it's just, it's just, uh, there's no electricity, no excitement, no, no the lack of energy is kind of what I sense from a lot of online events that I've been to. Well, that's part, that's part of the challenge of, <clears throat> that's part of the challenge of producing a good online event is finding ways to, to add that back in. And, um, it's also part of the char- the challenge of the technologies that are being used. They, they need to find a way to instill that back in, in, in a way that can be done um, in an online format. So you're absolutely right. The, the excitement doesn't just naturally occur because people are there. You have to build it. So how do you do that? Well, if you t- it depends on what format you're talking about. But let's say you're talking about um, a, a business conversation, a conference, a webinar, that kind of thing. What, what I've learned in that area is that you absolutely, if you're the moderator or the producer, you know, whatever the team is that's putting it on, they, they have to do more. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but you know, if you're in a room, let's say you're giving either, uh, you're having a, let's say you're having a, a conversation, like a mastermind conversation or something like that. A lot can be accomplished by just kind of glancing around the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can kind of uh, connect with people's emotions and, and uh, you know, smile at people or they're looking at each other or whatever. If you take that passive of an approach in an online setting with the same kind of thing, like a webinar, conference, that kind of thing, there's nothing there because nobody feels they're being glanced at. Nobody feels they're being connected to. So there's a much more active role that has to be played to draw people into it. So um, Lee, you were talking about a lack of energy uh, in an online, I think you were talking about sort of an online conference. You, they, these things simply have to be more participatory by, participatory by design. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you can't allow people to be able to tune out just because, you know, the structure doesn't demand that they do anything. It's got to be designed to be more engaged in that way. I think that's when it comes to conferences and webinars and things like that, the moderator must be more engaged and the, just the way it's designed has to, has to involve people participating actively more. Yeah, for sure. Because like you, you can't like you know, shoot somebody like a knowing nod or a, you know, there's 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 none of that going on. And the and the other thing is is that the body language is missing. You know that that's right. that's and you can you just it's uh you 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 can't make eye contact either. You know I think that's the other thing that that, that, that so you're absolutely right. It's got to be participatory because and I also I kind of feel like. Um, you know, when, when you're at a live event or whatever, you know, you could have a speaker on stage for an hour. Uh, my experience has been, that's gotta be about a half an hour when, it, you know, when it's one of these, uh, you know, virtual events. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what's yeah, your it's, thinking on that? I, I think you're absolutely right. I think 10 minutes is an eternity in, <laughs> in that world. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're doing TEDx Broadway this year virtually. And uh, I, one of the things I realized was that First, one of the first steps we're going to take is we're going to shorten every talk. So normally we do a lot of talks that are, you know, 12, 14 minutes, that kind of thing. And we're going to make them more like seven or eight minutes this year because normally they're on stage and now it's going to be, you know, a video. 
And yeah. that's very challenging for the speaker because it's like, oh. you know, I, I can talk about two hours on any best, best about any topic or whatever. But when you give me 15 minutes or 10 minutes as I've had to do lately or something like that, that is freaking hard. <laughs> well, you've heard the old expression. I think it's attributed to Mark Twain, but who knows who really said it, whoever said it, it, it was great. They said, uh, if I'd had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But Lee, when you were talking, like, for example, at the Selling Power Conference that, that, that we had, did you feel disconnected, like you were just basically, for lack of a better term, talk, just talking to a wall? Like, well, one of know? the things that, that we did there was that the, uh, the host, you know, interjected and so, uh, you know, and asked mm -hmm. a question in the middle of the presentation. And, you know, while it threw me off a little bit at first or whatever, it's like it, it, it also created, you know, some level of engagement. That, that was there, so it was more of a conversation that somebody was eavesdropping on, you know, rather than, since they can't participate, at least, at least they can do that. And whereas like, if I was just speaking for a half an hour or whatever, I'd do my best then to, you know, to have polls and, you know, and ask them to think about something or write something down or whatever, but it's like, it's not quite the same. So having that, making them more conversational, I think is, is another way that, that, that you can do that. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Uh, and when you shift over from a conference or, or a webinar type setting to an entertainment setting, and you were talking, Lee, about how much you'd love to go to a concert right now or just see music in mm -hmm. a bar or, and you know, other people mm -hmm. love theater or whatever, whatever things are out there, um, it, it's different again. So one thing with, with that experience is that, you know, Zoom, for example, is not designed to be fun, you know? And it's, uh, not. Yeah. Right. it's not. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they designed it to be not fun, but it just wasn't the goal. You know, it's not supposed to be fun. And so when, when people produce a show and put it in a format like Zoom, it really is fighting against the tool itself to make the event be what it wants to be, right? So if you're watching, let's say you're watching a concert or let's say you're watching a piece of theater, um, you want to sit back and see it on a on a, a good screen with great sound and you know the, all the things that you would expect from an entertainment type thing and and so that's why we, we in part of the reason that we we built Stellar is to facilitate entertainment shows that really are entertaining that give you know people a way to actually deliver a great you know entertainment experience um, without too much difficulty. What do you think the role of virtual reality is going to be in doing this sort of thing here in the near future? You, you, you like virtual reality where you're, you're uh, like with the headset on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still think that's emerging. I, I think that we're, we're some time away from that still. If you, if you look at the experiences, they can be very um, engaging. Have you guys done a, a good virtual reality? I have not. I, I have. Would be yeah. Out, yeah. I think. But what was it likely? And Jim, did you do it? I, yeah, I've done I've done a couple. There's a company called The Void that produces these. Um, you know, they're they're built into uh, a, a location. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so what you're seeing actually sort of matches up with the the environment that you're physically in as well, which is pretty cool. Um, so they're they're pretty good, but they are really really hard to deliver. Um, so I think we're we're a ways off from that. Um, the other thing is that the challenge of VR so far has been that it, it's a little bit, um, I don't know, people don't, people don't, it doesn't feel great right now. Like you, you, a lot of people are a little nauseous after they do a VR. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so and, and plus cool. the headgear too is just kind of that's kind of weird. I was like, you know, it's yeah. like I already have to wear a mask, you know, but now I'm going to throw that yeah. thing on top of me. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that we're probably a little ways off from that right now. I have a question because you're an expert in e-commerce as well. Um, the conference that Lee did, they set it up where you would have one of our salespeople sitting in a virtual room, but on duty, you know, paying attention. And after during his speech and then after anybody who wanted to walk into that room or ping into that room and talk immediately with a CTA to a salesperson, she was there. Well, only two people came in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, if there's a better way to do that to sort of get more sales and engagement on the sales side going on. What are your thoughts on that? So what was the, as you saw it, what was the, the breakdown of that system? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. The breakdown of the system is, it's like you're trying to do a virtual event the same way you do a live event. So a live yeah. event was, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you've got an exhibitor room, you know, and yeah. you've got people with their booths and the salespeople and everything like that. And you're trying to set up the same thing virtually right. and it right. doesn't work. That's exactly what I've been saying about online events in general. Is And, you know, it reminds me when, when I was uh, first in e-commerce back in the, the mid 90s, let's say, the first thing that everybody tried to do was replicate the, the real live real world shopping experience online. So I remember that there was a website, um, you know, that was, it was a collection of online stores and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. Um, Okay. And, and and the, um, you know, the idea was, well, it's a, it's a bunch of stores. So that's a mall. And how do you get around a mall? Well, the, the, you, you walk through the mall. So the, the website was the overhead map of a mall like you've seen, you know, on the, you know, in the mall, you know, the directory. You and are you, kinda, here, you had a little icon that you walked from store to store, right? Like that was, that was the website. <clears throat> and, and the reason for that is exactly what you're saying, Lee, which is the, the impulse that a lot of people have when a, me, a new medium is born, when there's this new thing, the impulse they have is to kind of just duplicate the old thing onto the new thing. But then it doesn't take long when people start innovating for the true nature of that medium to be fully taken advantage of, right? Um, and for people to do it in a way that's native to the, to the new medium and that really makes sense for that new medium. So yeah, the idea of a, 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 a what did you say? There's an exhibitor room and then there's a, what was the other thing? What's the, the, the place was, they lurk and wait for your business? Yeah, they just sit there for like, and they're on the, waiting in yeah, there, I mean, waiting for a ding, like something to pop up. And it was like six hours. They wanted them to sit there and just be there just in case. Yeah, it, it is a great example of, of taking the old and putting it into the new um, instead of stopping and thinking, okay, what's the natural behavior in this medium for that? It, it may be that. It doesn't sound like it was, but the, the most important thing is whether you're doing it as in a conference format or an entertainment format or whatever. It's like, you know, an online concert, for example, isn't just pointing a camera at the stage where the band is performing, right? It's more than that. It can be a lot more than that. You know, the camera can, can there can be, of course, there should be multiple cameras. The camera can follow the band from the dressing room through to the stage, for example. There's all, mm-hmm. all kinds of things somebody could do, right, to make the experience truly sing inside the, the format of the online event versus what you'll get if you're sitting, you know, 15 rows back from 
from the you know, another example of that is when the iPhone was first created, you know, more than 10 years ago. It's like, you'll recall, like, you know, uh, you know the, the, the note application looked like parchment paper and, you know, right. the, 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 the gameplay thing or whatever looked, looked like the felt on a, on a blackjack table. And it's like, and it was trying to, you know, make people, you know, make a transition almost, or, but it's like they were trying to take the old world and, and apply it to, to this new world of a piece of glass. And it, it took maybe about, I don't remember exactly what, how many versions it took them for them to realize, oh, people are used to tapping on glass now. People are, you understand that this, this is something different. We, we, let's throw out all of the old metaphors and, and, and the, the graphic design that we use to you know, make people make a connection between the two things because they get it. They don't need that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But you're right, it took, took a little time. And the first instinct was to replicate the, the old medium onto the new medium. And it's not like you don't use anything from the old medium. You, you do, right? Probably quite a bit. But, uh, but you know, it's, those, those, it's, it's not so much that you don't use anything from the old medium. It's that you start with a blank screen, if you will. You start with a blank tablet and say, what's the right thing to do in this medium? So what are some of the cool things that you're doing in the new medium, you know, that you weren't doing you know, with live events? Yeah. I mean, so we, we've changed our, our role essentially um, as gold star, we were, we were essentially a marketplace and a marketer of, of shows, thousands and thousands of shows on behalf of, of people at every venue, thousands of venues around the country with stellar. We realized that people not only need, did they need, they needed help. They needed help to kind of get over the hump and cross the chasm into the world of actually producing live events. So, you know, we built a tool set that um, integrates the ticketing with the streaming and with marketing and with a lot of other things that come together <clears throat> to be what we call a total show management system. Um, and some of those things include um, tools that are designed to keep the audience engaged in, in a way that's true to being an online event. So for example, you know, the audio and video quality are just absolutely max, right? So mm -hmm. you can go as high as 4K on our platform. We haven't really had anybody actually produce 4K video yet, but you can. Um, and it's scalable to infinity. Um, so you could have that. We, we thought very early on it was important to build uh, build out the apps for uh, Apple TV and Roku and Fire Stick mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. people can have that sort of sit back experience and enjoy it. And actually, and that ties into um, another feature that is just in being enhanced on a regular basis, which is the, the interaction. So we have, we have a, a chat panel that people can um, add and, and reaction. So people can chat during the whole thing. You can actually sit there uh, on your sofa, watching the show on Apple TV, and then chatting with other people in the show on your phone, for example, and have which you really that. can't do in a live event because it's kind of frowned upon. <laughs> it is a bit frowned upon, and and you know the the thing is the producers can decide to turn that feature on or off. But you know what's really funny is, you know, I was at a an online concert on Stellar a couple weeks ago, and I went into the uh, the live stream lobby about forty five minutes before the show, and this band had. I want to say at least 50 or 100 people in the lobby 45 minutes earlier than the show, 45 minutes before the show, chatting like crazy. Like they were having this long conversation oh my God, about the music and the, the, the guys in the band and all this stuff. And, and, you know, in addition to chatting, there's also reactions. So you can clap, you can, 
you know, you can, you can do the heart, you can do Express all these different yourself. things. Yeah. Put your hands up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty fun, right? So the, the artists can actually, if they set up a monitor, they can actually see people's reactions to, um, to what they're doing while, you know, in, in near real time. Um, and you know, one thing that we've seen is that bands will actually, or, you know, art, artists will monitor what the chat is and they'll say, um, you know, uh, Johnny said, you know, way to go guys or whatever. And they'll actually do a little Chiron across the screen of what the comments people are making. So all of that really makes it feel like it's happening now, right? It really makes it feel important that you're there and it brings a lot more fun to it. The VIPs get a backstage pass? They can do that. Can be done. Yeah, that that's, that's a good idea. The experience mm -hmm. is something that people are doing. Yeah, um, well, a sec, you know, after the show's over, you you know, you go into a sort of second area, and uh, and there's a whole conversation that happens there. Yeah, it's a post game. You know, it's like you're talking about the show, and what you saw, and what you liked, and what you loved, and you know, all that. Well, you're doing it right, Jim, and uh, everybody. I encourage you to go to StellarTickets.com, and also, Jim. For you coming today, we really appreciate it. I want to help you sell tickets with your TEDx Broadway show, everybody. It's November 17th at 1 p.m. It's virtual. And if you go to TEDxBroadway.com, you can get your tickets. So go get them. There you go. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Usually we do that. Um, obviously, it's a TEDx on Broadway. The secret is in the name, TEDx Broadway. Um, and uh, usually we do it at the New World Stages um, on, on 50th and 8th. Uh, and I always get a bagel in the morning uh, from the, the place right around the corner. Oh. But obviously this year we're not doing any of that. Oh. <laughs> get a, a slice and a coke. You miss your uh, bagel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not the only thing. But uh, um. yeah, <laughs> a lot. But it's still going to be great. We've got some great speakers lined up, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a good a good event. It's going to deliver on what TEDx Broadway normally delivers on. So. That's the yeah. main thing. And I look forward to the time like when you're like working with like Phillips Hue, for example, and you've got the ambient lighting. You know. Right. Yeah going on at the same time that would be freaking amazing yeah that, that's right there's so many possibilities and you know i guess the other thing that i think is worth saying is that for the live people in the live entertainment business and i would include you know conferences and things in this as well that this COVID has created a major opportunity here um because of the behavior shift i don't think i don't think the behavior shift would have happened uh toward online events if it weren't for the COVID crisis mm -hmm. but i but I do think that it's creating an opportunity that will per persist beyond the crisis. Like even when in-person returns, I think um, producers of, of shows and conferences and concerts and everything are going to realize this is a very profitable addition to the business model. You know, and um, those, there are people who've been doing this for a while. I don't think in the future, I think, you know, virtually all conferences will offer a virtual option as an option in the future, because why not? Right. Like you could be there in person or you could be there virtually. It won't it won't probably cost as much to be there virtually, but a lot of people can do it. And uh, I think it's just going to make a lot of sense and be a major, major supercharger to the business model of live events in the future. I don't disagree. And if you guys are trying to figure out how to do your event right, J.C. McCarthy is Jim's LinkedIn. So reach out to him there. Jim, this has been a pleasure. Star, can I add Gold Star Jim at Twitter? So that, that yes. To remember, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. All great ideas. And good luck with your event, sir. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.